Aspiring songwriter Violet Sanford, after getting a job at a woman-run NYC bar that teases its male patrons, comes out of her shell. This is Ryan. And this is Ashley. And this is Ruining Ruining Our Childhood. Childhood. Hi guys another great week yes has passed us past us <laughs> past us mm-hmm. and it's friday so you know what that means we're recording an episode yeah and this week my theme though i didn't really discuss it with anybody was thinking of movies that i really loved the soundtracks when they came out mm-hmm. and there was a couple songs on this movie's soundtrack, Coyote Ugly, that I loved as a kid, and also in Save the Last Dance. The whole album is amazing. So, Did you own either album? Yes. Save the Last Dance. I had the first part, and then they had like an extended second one that they came out with. Totally bought it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was everything. But Coyote Ugly uh, definitely was up there as well. Yeah. It was our most recent poll winner. Yes. For if you don't know what we're talking about, we put up a poll every week on Instagram. On our stories. Yeah. And you guys pick the movie we watch. Yeah. It it ended in a tie. It it did. Again. Yes. But I I shot out a text message to my brothers and let them fight it out. Because I know neither one of them have Instagram and voted. I think your one brother has an Instagram. He just refuses to follow us, apparently. Oh, okay. Like an asshole. Fair. I'm just kidding. Fair. I'm I'm literally just kidding. Yes. So they chose Coyote Ugly. Yes. Mm -hmm. Uh, Not surprising. No. It was my pick, too. I could have went either way, because I've seen both the movies too much. Too much? (laughs) Probably too much. (laughs) So this is 2000 classic Mm -hmm. Coyote Ugly. Why don't we go down memory road... Not Lane. No. Memory Road. Yes. That's what we do on this podcast. We mess up cliches. It's what I do. That, specifically, yes, you. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> um, hit me with some 2000 facts and we'll discuss our memories. So, fun fact, this movie was actually released on August 4th of 2000. So, just had its 21st anniversary. Mine explosion. Yeah. That's insane. And it was quite successful. Uh, had a budget of $45 million and it made $114 million. My fun fact for the year 2000 was, in 2000, the owners of Netflix, Mark Randolph and Reed Hastings, met with Blockbuster and tried to sell Netflix to Blockbuster for the price of $50 million. In 2000? When did Netflix start? Netflix started in... 1997. Oh. And their initial business model included both DVD sales and rentals by mail. Okay. They expanded their business in 2007 to include streaming. The crazy thing is, is they offered it for $50 million. In 2020, Netflix was valued at $25 billion. Damn. And Blockbuster is... Blockbuster filed bankruptcy in 2010. Yeah. So... I think they mentioned that on that Blockbuster documentary, The Last Blockbuster. Mm-hmm. 
I remember them vaguely mentioning that they had a chance to buy Netflix. Yes. But I didn't realize it was early on in 2000. That's yeah. crazy. I didn't realize it was that early because I remember Netflix around 2004. Yeah. That's when you would start seeing the commercials for renting the DVDs and, hey, we'll just drop them in your mailbox. Keep them as long as you'd like. That's true. I was trying to think. I'm like, that's no way that they were around that early. But now I, I realize, like, yeah, I was using the service in, like, 2005. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. It's always interesting when companies make incredibly, what are, we can look back in hindsight as incredibly bad decision <laughs> Like, just terrible. Yeah. I mean, how are they supposed to know, though? You know, like, nothing is promised or guaranteed. So it's so random what becomes popular or a staple. Mm -hmm. I know there's people whose jobs are to predict those things. But even then, I'm like, at some point, it's just a guessing game. No. And it's it's very easy to look back and go, wow, they were idiots. But yeah, who who knew? Yeah. I remember on our Spider-Man episode, I had mentioned that. Marvel offered Sony the rights to all of their characters for $25 million and they said, we just want Spider-Man. There's no marketability with these other characters. Yeah. Fast forward 12 years, Disney paid $4 billion for it. Yeah. And in hindsight, that was a steal. Mm-hmm. For as, as much money as they made off Marvel now. Yeah. What is your fact? I had a hard time finding a 2000 fact when we did Scary Movie a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. but I did happen upon the fact that Nokia had come out with their, kind of like their brick uh, style phone, which became very popular mm-hmm. uh, in high school for me. But w- the fact that I read, which was crazy to me, is that on average today, people use their cell phone five and a half hours a day. So the fact of the way it was written on this website I read was like, people had five more hours of their day because their cell phone barely could do anything. So you weren't glued to your cell phone. And that's insane to me that we lose on average of five hours a day just looking at our phones. I mean, you could also say, you know, you're working on your phone or you're doing something, but I'm guessing that's mostly like mindless scrolling. Yeah, that's insane. Because, yeah, you think back to that Nokia phone that I did not have because I didn't have a phone. Uh-huh. All of my friends had it. Yeah. And you could basically play Snake. Yeah. And make a phone call. Which, uh, when I got my first cell phone, which it was a newer version of the original Nokia phone mm-hmm. that came out in 2000, it still only had Snake. Yeah. It was just a little bigger. And I remember it was a huge deal that you could switch out the face plate on the phone. That's and Yeah, that's like the that. one I had. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. That was the pinnacle of technology. Yeah. But Uh, you do bring up a good point. People can work on their phones. You can listen to music. You can watch TV. You can shoot an email off. You can do so much more. Tell us more about these things that are in our pockets. So the best thing you can do is you can still make a phone call. That's true. Yeah. And text message. (laughs) I don't know if you said that. Technology, man. And Netflix. Yeah. Hopefully we don't have another movie for from 2000 for a, a little while. I don't know. There's some some classics. Yeah. This movie, especially, like I said, I, I watched it so much because the main character wanting to be a songwriter slash singer. Mm-hmm. I just, yeah, that was in my wheelhouse. Now we do the answering of the question. <laughs> do we think this movie will hold up? 
your wording was just as good as the <laughs> summary I read, which I had to read seven times because whoever wrote this put way too much extra details in between the commas. Anyway, what do you think? I'm going to say it's going to. There's going to be some fashion. I'm sure that's going to be fun to talk about. But oh, yeah. I remember seeing the movie in theaters and enjoying it. And they had a very pretty cast. For what did a you 16- enjoy about it, Ryan? Yeah, for a 16-year-old Rai Rai, there was a very pretty cast. Yeah. Uh, but it was also a fun movie. And it had fun music. Were you calling them pretty back then? Or were you like, oh my god, they're so hot? Uh, yeah, no, those were the words I was using. I was like, they're... Very attractive. (laughs) That's how 16-year-old boys talk. So you think it's going to hold up? I think so, yeah. I'm going to disagree with you. Okay. And here is my reasoning. I think this movie comes off as if it will be some sort of feminist, because it's a woman-led bar, and it's, you know, the cast is primarily women, but I think what I remember from it is that they are kind of like those women that they hate other women still. Like, I think there's going to be a lot of, like, female hatred in there. Some cattiness. Yeah. But, I mean, I do know these are, like, tough women. Obviously, what they say in the summary, they make fun of their male patrons. They abuse them, and that's the fun of the bar. But I just feel like there's going to be a lot of, like, sexist jokes towards women that Mm -hmm. the women characters are going to be saying. And I don't know if... The main character of Violet is going to be as likable as I liked her when I was, you know, 14. Okay. Fair. But I have seen this movie in the last 10 years, I think. So, and it's still watchable, maybe? I don't know. I but, hope. But I'm going to say it's not going to hold up. Okay. We might be giving out different awards again. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Where can you stream this? You can stream it on Hulu, which Very is nice. exciting. Yeah. Uh, I always get excited when... A movie is actually on a streaming service that we already pay for, and I don't mm-hmm. have to pay extra. I was actually quite excited that both the movies we picked were on streaming services. So, yeah, you can get this on Hulu, or you probably rent it too. But if you have Hulu, just, yeah. just watch it there, man. Yeah. Why rent it if you don't have to? Yeah. Or if you own it. Yeah. Like, I'm surprised I don't. But I have songs from the soundtrack probably still on my phone. <sighs> And I probably got them from Napster. <laughs> Bringing it back to the scary movies, fun yes. fact. So, shall we... Hit the pausey pause. Go watch Coyote Ugly and come back and talk about it. Sounds good. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. Okay, and we're back. We just finished watching Coyote Ugly. Our first category is, well, hello there. Well, hello there where we talk about any cameos of famous or recognizable actors or actresses that we forgot were in the movie. And who did you notice? The main character we kind of talked about her in the beginning of the podcast was Piper Paraboo. She plays Violet Sanders? Sanford. There you go. Ugh, <laughs> cannot get that right. Piper Paraboo is most famous for this movie, I would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she also was in a USA tv show called covert affairs and more recently was in penny dreadful city of angels Ooh, and she also has a new show coming out this fall with ashley favorite scott foley called the big leap yeah yeah uh yeah oh uh, yeah that'll be interesting yeah to see if it gets canceled because they cancel everything they really do <laughs> Who's your first one? Uh, My first one was Melanie Linsky. She played Gloria, who was Violet's best friend. 
She's been in a ton of things. She was in Sweet Home Alabama, Up in the Air, and more recently some episodes of Young Sheldon. Okay. Nice. Mm -hmm. John Goodman plays Bill, Mm -hmm. Violet's dad, and which I'd like to see the age gap on that. Or in this movie, he does not look that old, you know? Yeah. But I guess he probably is a lot older than you think. I looked him up. 69 years old. Oh, okay. Yeah. He's a and lot older Piper than I thought. And Piper is what, late 30s, early 40s? I'm thinking early 40s. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. He just, I think it's, he just looks so young. Yeah. In this movie. Mm-hmm. Because he's very clean shaven and, yeah. Anyway, uh, you know John Goodman from Roseanne, the newer reboot, The Connors, and Righteous Gemstones. Oh, yeah. On HBO. I forgot about that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Next, I have Ellen Cleghorn. Mm-hmm. She plays an employee at Rough Vinyl Records, <laughs> which is one of the record companies that Violet tries to pass off her demo at. Uh, Ellen Cleghorn was on SNL back in the day. Yes. Uh, she's also appeared in Grown Ups 2 and also the movie Second Act with Jennifer Lopez. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Adam Garcia plays a character named Kevin O'Donnell. Pretty much... The thing I know him from is this movie, mm-hmm. and he was also in, like, writing In Cars With Boys. Okay. It's a movie with Drew Barrymore that came around out around this time as well. Mm-hmm. But he was in an episode of Flight of the Concords. Oh. Yeah. Okay. As an obnoxious Australian. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I remember when I, we saw that episode, I was like, hey, it's the guy from Coyote Ugly. Um, and more recently, he was in Murder on the Orient Express. Gotcha. Bridget Moynihan mm-hmm. plays Rachel, who was a bitch. Bridget Moynihan was in the movie I, Robot, uh, John Wick, and also the television show Blue Bloods. Yeah. It's a Larry favorite. Yep. The next one I have is Greg Pitts. He plays a bartender. He's only in like one scene. He plays the joke on Violet. He says that Kevin is this high-end producer, and he's just, you know, he just works at the bar, too. But he was... In some things. The thing I recognized him from was Office Space. I believe he worked in the office, but he only had like a couple lines, but he was one of the douchebag, baggy characters. I don't know. And he was in an episode of Weeds. Okay. I thought he looked familiar and could not play some, so Mm -hmm. probably Weeds, I guess. Yeah. Tyra Banks plays Zoe, and Tyra Banks was on the very popular television show, The Tyra Banks Show, (laughs) and also America's Next Top Model. And then way back in the day, she was in the movie Life Size with Lindsay Lohan. And she was in the sequel, Life Size 2, which I don't think Lindsay Lohan was in. I was going to say, yeah. Yeah. Maria Bello Mm -hmm. plays Lil, who is the owner of the Coyote Ugly. Mm -hmm. More famously, A History of Violence Mm -hmm. and NCIS. Yeah. I think she had her own show, too, at one point. I know she was on ER back in the day, but obviously that was not her show. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, I did not know she was on NCIS until I looked her up and I was like, oh, that's what she's been doing the last like four or five years now. Next, I have Isabella Miko. She plays Cammie, who's another one of the employees at the Coyote Ugly. She was on SVU, Deadwood, and the Amazon Prime show The Hunters. I remember her episode on SVU because I want to say they were doing like a sting for like Russian... Uh, mail order brides mm-hmm. slash like sex workers and i want to say she like was helping them but then like uh what was his name they're like original captain it started with a c craigan craigan mm-hmm. 
he like kind of falls in love with her a little bit. It's, it, yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, SB is amazing. <laughs> My next one is Caitlin Olson. Mm-hmm. She was a, just a bidding customer, which come to find out there's a lot of random people just as a patron in the bar. The first time they do the let's bid on Kevin. Yes. Caitlin Olson, you may know from Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. And the Mick. Yep. And a bunch of other things. She has bit parts in like most comedies. Yeah. And she's on Hacks as well. Oh, yeah? Yeah. With uh, Gene Smart. Yeah, I watched the first two episodes. I don't remember her, but maybe she comes in later. Yeah. They were still introducing, you know, the mm-hmm. plot and the main character. Susan Yagley. She plays another one of the bar patrons that's bidding on Kevin. She was on an episode of Reno 911, which they famously get held up, and she's trying to tell the deputies they're being held up, and they're oblivious to it. <laughs> uh, she was also Jessica Wick, who was the Sweetums employee on Parks and Rec. She was like the CEO. Yeah. and then Employee. Well, like, she takes out the trash. <laughs> and then also, she was on an episode of Single Parents, which was a great TV show that got canceled way too soon. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Mm-hmm. Another random patron of the bar, but also just listed as college guy, Johnny Knoxville. Yeah. Uh, obviously, Johnny Knoxville's from Jackass, Bad Grandpa, all of the things in the mid-2000s that had to do with Jackass. Yes. And the other bar patron who's next to Johnny Knoxville is Chris Weil. He was in the movie The Duff with, help me out here. May Whitman? May Whitman, thank oh. you. Was he a teacher? I believe so. Okay. And he was also on Young Sheldon. Mm-hmm. And I think he famously, like, pranked the American Idol cast and managed to get himself, like, a ticket to Hollywood. Yeah, I think you're right. Yes. Um, He was also in Evolution. I think he played a college student. Okay. We did Evolution mm-hmm. with our friends at 88 Miles Per Hour podcast. Yes. It's on their feed. Go mm-hmm. check it out. It was about a year ago. Check out some of their other episodes because they're hilarious. That was implied. (laughs) Yes. My last one. Well, there's two more, but my last one is Alex Borstein. Mm -hmm. She also plays another patron of the bar, a bidding customer at the end. You know Alex Borstein from Family Guy. Voices Lois, Mm -hmm. uh, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, and back in the day she was on Mad TV. Yeah. My last one was John Fugelsang. He plays Richie, who is a bar owner i believe yeah mm-hmm. uh he replaced bob saget as the host of america's funniest home videos when i was <laughs> a kid that's why he looked familiar yeah he co-hosted with uh daisy fuentes mm-hmm. and then also i guess he was the co-host of john McEnroe's show on msnbc called McEnroe. sure yeah that's... i love john McEnroe. yeah love john McEnroe. not so much john fugelsang oh <laughs> I guess my last one is a cameo at the very end. Leanne Rhymes herself, as herself, mm-hmm. is at the very end of the movie singing Violet's song. Spoiler alert, Violet gets everything she's hoped for. Yep. The end. Okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> is that all you had? That is all I had. Want to move on? Yes. The next categories. Oh, do we want to take a break? We should take a break. We should take a break. <laughs> Okay, and we're back. The next category is called Kids Would Call It a Throwback. We call it the prime of our teens, where we talk about fashion, 
dated references, offensive jokes, and any noticeable technology. What did you notice as far as the fashion? There was some good 2000s fashion. Oh, yes. At one point, Cammie, I believe, is taking Violet around to try on some new clothes because she needs to fit the motif of the Coyote Ugly. And just some of the stuff that Violet tries on, one was this weird blue and lime green fur jacket. Yeah. Which (laughs) looks hideous, but I could see people wearing it at that time. I just, I think this is the movie that I blame for... how much bedazzled things were popular because almost every single one of their shirts like when they're working in the bar has like a bedazzled design Mm -hmm. and uh, i just yeah i was never even a fan back then i did have a couple shirts because it was kind of unavoidable for a while yeah you couldn't even buy clothes without having some sort of gemstone on them (laughs) but and then the brightly colored cowboy hats i just I know a couple weeks ago I talked about how I had those, uh, like, pleather snakeskin pants, and mm-hmm. I blame this movie for thinking I could pull any of that off. <laughs> or that I'd want to pull anything I was going to say, <laughs> you're watching this movie where it's pretty women that are a little bit older than you, mm-hmm. and that's what they're wearing. And they're confident. Yeah, that's what I need to wear. Yeah? Me, Ryan, needs to wear <laughs> bedazzled <laughs> shirts. Okay. Leather pants and small cowboy hats. You could pull it off. Mm-hmm. There, there was a point, I think she was on a date with Kevin, mm-hmm. where Violet was literally wearing all purple, down to, because it ended up being the first time they hooked up, purple underwear and bra. And I'm like, just because your name is Violet doesn't mean you have to have all <laughs> Violet things. <laughs> oh, God. It was, it was a great outfit coordination yeah i didn't real like put that together that it literally went all the way down to yeah. the underwear mm-hmm. i wonder if she had violet socks on <laughs> probably when violet finally performs mm-hmm. her backing band they had to have gone and shopped at douchebags r us <laughs> they all had tiny sunglasses on little spiky hair was it had a little blonde in there yeah yeah <laughs> it's not Uh, a good look i also loved in that scene i noticed violet's amazing zigzag part yes again tried to pull off so much when i was in junior high did not work because my hair is very thick and it only knows how to do like one thing yeah and it's just sit on my head (laughs) and when i try to like change the part it's like yeah no not bro (laughs) i could see hairs going like no i'm going this way yeah (laughs) yeah that'd be a pain did you have anything else about the fashion? I, no, I think that's it. Okay, what about dated references? I only had one, and that was at the point where Kevin is trying to build up Violet's confidence with singing. Mm-hmm. So he has her perform in front of a bunch of cardboard cutouts of celebrities. Mm-hmm. And it was just some of the celebrities. I feel like if a kid was watching it nowadays, they'd have no clue who they were. There was Jenna Elfman. There was a good assortment. Too. Yeah. There was still like James Dean and like timeless people, but Jenna Elfman and Fabio. Yeah. And there was Patrick Swayze and George Bush and Leo was in the back. Yeah. Put Leo in the front. Come on. Jeez. <laughs> Abe Lincoln. <laughs> was on. Uh, I like that. Yeah. Violet did reference Bridge Over Troubled Water by Simon and Garfunkel as the reason she wanted to become a songwriter. 
Oh. So, yeah. Fair. Good for her. Yeah. Did you have any offensive jokes? I did not. I didn't really either. I just think that, that there was some run-of-the-mill uh, fat shaming, kind of, more centered around her dad, because mm-hmm. she was really concerned about his weight and that he wasn't going to be eating right, which I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. He does seem to eat a lot of fast food when she's not around, but yeah, get off his back. And... <laughs> But of course, then he had a heart attack, of course, because only fat people can have heart attacks. That was sarcasm, by the way. Yes. Um, and there was a lot of slut shaming as far as her dad slut shaming her yes. and Kevin. Yeah. The men in this movie did not like Coyote Ugly, yet we're always at Coyote Ugly. Just saying. Just saying. Did you have any technology? I did. There was a couple pieces that I haven't seen in a while. One of which was the old time card machines where it literally punches your card for you mm-hmm. with, and time stamps it. Violet buys <laughs> an Apple MacBook. Oh, God, yes. I wanted one so yes, bad. Yes, the ones that were shaped like an apple. Yeah. And it was $1,600 in 2000. That's pricey. Yeah. Because that's about how much they, if you want like a good MacBook Pro. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's nice to know they really haven't gone up in price in 20 years. But they have gotten better memory. Yeah. So you're yeah. what you're getting for, I mean, you get more for your money. For sure. Today. I, I did like the scene where she was like uh, recording music and she was burning CDs. And I was like, look at that hot CD burning action. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the mixing program that she was using was had this cheesy. It just looked like GarageBand. Yeah. But... 20 years ago, garage band. Mm-hmm. Also, there was one scene where Violet and Kevin were in the busiest record store ever. And yeah, kind of made me a little sad, to be honest with you. Oh, I miss music stores. Yeah. Her apartment she moves into is real divey. And the appliances are from like 1950. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which now would kind of be in like cool retro appliances. Yeah, right? As long as they worked fine. Yeah. That's all I had for this category would you like to move on yes our next category is called is it even good where we talk about the plot plot holes the funniest moment and cringiest moment what is the plot i put a woman moves to new york from new jersey and works at a bar where women dance fully clothed and somehow that brings shame to those closest to her that is a great description (laughs) of the plot i just i couldn't get over the fact that that was like a major conflict in the movie was that her dad was ashamed of his daughter who was working at a bar where they danced on top of the bar Mm -hmm. that she wasn't working in a strip club which there's nothing wrong with working in a strip club no gotta make that money somehow Mm -mm. and like the girls all wore pants the most they did was show their midriff a little and yeah Maybe a little cleavage. Yeah. Which I thought was funny that Bill said his coworkers, he works at a toll booth. Mm-hmm. His coworkers were hanging pictures of her in their booth. Right. And the and picture from the the article was just her singing. Yeah. Wearing what I said, pants. Mm-hmm. And maybe showing her midriff. Yeah. 
But is it the fact that guys are going to ogle you? Because let's be honest, if guys find you attractive, they're going to fucking ogle you no matter what you're doing. If she was at a nice restaurant bar, which she ended up working at later in the movie when she gets fired from the Coyote Ugly, spoiler alert, uh, there's guys going to be hitting on her and ogling her there. Like, women can't win. No. Mm -mm. (laughs) You know? Yeah. I think more anything, it's more of a dated thing that that was seen as like, oh my God, these women are dancing on the bar and how risque that they're showing their navels. And I'm like, what what year is this? (laughs) Yeah. That was kind of, like you said, like a little bit of a plot hole. Yeah. I only had one, but it centers around a huge plot point. And that is Violet is moving from New Jersey to New York. Mm -hmm. They say it is 42 miles she also tells her father i'm gonna come home every sunday and do your laundry and i'll see you every sunday and he's like don't go and they act like she's moving from new jersey to california right it's 42 miles right and i'm sure people commute i'm sure there's people that live in new jersey that commute to new york for work every day you're gonna see your daughter once a week you don't have to see your daughter every day she has to grow up at some point and like I said, just make that separation further. Yeah. And it's going to be more believable to me that you're going to be upset about it. Right. And then on top of that, I th- thought the distance was a plot hole in the sense that she moves there and then she struggles to get her music heard, obviously. And then she didn't have like a job planned. I'm like, if I lived 40 minutes from where I was going to move, it, that would make it a lot easier for me to find a job before I even move. Yeah. But she's just like, no, I'm an artist, bro. I'm just going to, I'm just going to, when I get there, I'm just going to hand my tape to a guy and he's going to go, you're amazing. (laughs) You are now a famous songwriter. It's 42 miles. I can't travel there a couple weeks ahead of time and start looking for job prospects. That's not possible. I think we were supposed to believe that she's really naive about it. And and then there's this history in their family where her her mom uh, didn't make it. And that's why her dad's like, don't even try at first. He's like, because your mom didn't make it, which... At the end of the movie, I'm pretty sure he said, like, she actually quit for him. Yeah. So she didn't even give it a chance. Mm-hmm. And spoiler alert, Violet barely gives it a chance because she, you know, at the uh, climax of the movie, is that the word? Yes. <laughs> like, where, you know, she's like, I got fired from Coyote Ugly. Everybody hates me. I'm Nobody wants to listen to my music because they want me to perform and I have stage fright. She's like, I quit. And I'm like, you've been there like three months at most. Yeah. But yeah, there was a lot of things centered around the just living only 40 minutes away from her family where I'm just like, you didn't come from Ohio. No. You know, it's not that far. No. Did you have any other ones? No, that was a main one that I had. (laughs) (laughs) Do you remember when I still want to like rewatch the beginning of the movie because at one point she's just sitting in her apartment. And she's like petting a cat, and we're like, "Where the fuck did that cat come from? Did she have that? Did she move with that cat, or is that just a new cat? Like, who is this cat?" <laughs> I feel like people would be like, "She had a cat in her hand when her best friend was dropping her off," but I don't remember that. I don't remember that. Yeah, I notice animals. Yeah. They're more interesting usually than, than the humans. We always notice animals. The only other plot hole I had, and it was kind of small, was I felt like it was very uncharistic uh, for Lil to go out of her way to call Violet's boyfriend, Kevin, mm-hmm. and tell him that Violet is, 
was performing finally at the end. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, she only met him once. And it was when he started a fight in the bar because he got jealous that mm-hmm. the patron was trying to dance on Violet. She just doesn't seem like the person would give a fuck. Like, yeah. I don't. Who's this douchebag? I'm not going to call him. You know? That's exactly. Yeah. She'd be like, you're. You were a pain in the ass in my bar. I don't care yeah, about you. But, you know, yeah. I guess it works for the movie. Mm-hmm. So then Kevin and Violet could, you know. Because Lil's that tough boss with a heart of gold. Right. But also a little bit of a, um, what's the word? What were most of our jobs? Hostile work environment. <laughs> yes. With her constant going like, I can fire you at any moment. Don't mm-hmm. fuck up. And we have all these rules in our bar. Don't fuck up. Yeah. Go ahead, walk on eggshells. It'll yeah. be fun for you. <laughs> that will help you not fuck up more. Yeah. Is by fearing me yes. at all times. Yeah. What was your funniest liner moment? My funniest moment was at the very beginning. This is before Violet has moved. Her dad is reading the newspaper and he's just like, Look at this. Four dead in New York City last night. No reason given. Mm. Mm. <laughs> he's like, Their headline should say, Millions survive New York. <laughs> I think that's kind of more of a plot hole, too, because I feel like somebody that lives so close to New York would actually know, like, what New York is, like, known for is not actually how it happens. Like, the crime rate actually isn't as bad as what the media makes it out to believe, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But he also is just trying to get his daughter to stay. Yeah. Yeah. What was yours? <laughs> I just liked when it was the first night that Violet's working in the bar and Lila's kind of introducing her to all the characters. Mm-hmm. And she's like, that's Rachel. She's working on her anger management. And she's like, um, she just cut some guy's ponytail off. She's <laughs> like, well, she's working on it. Yeah, she's working uh, on it. Uh, what was your cringiest liner moment? There was a good bar fight. Mm-hmm. The bar is just getting out of control. A group of guys grab Cammy off of the bar. Right. Some guys are stealing alcohol. But then Violet starts singing. And then everything starts calming down. (laughs) Lil went from concerned about everything that was going on to happy about the singing all in the matter of four minutes. That's true. But the highlight was later on Rachel going, she sang along with the jukebox. Let's not polish her Grammy. (laughs) But it was just a matter of going, okay, everything's going to hell. People are stealing shit. Everyone's freaking out too. Oh, she's singing? Yeah. Let's calm this down. Uh, I guess the only thing I can say about Lil is maybe in her head, she's just like, ah, I can market this. <laughs> I can make more money from this. Come, come but, see this pretty girl sing. Yeah. But nobody actually likes p- watching people sing. No. Quote, crazy ex-girlfriend. Yes. <laughs> Mine was just a random uh, scene where, I think it was in the first scene, does Violet get a job at a diner? Or no, she's sitting at a diner. She's sitting at the diner. And that's when the three coyote ugly girls walk in mm-hmm. from a night working. And Zoe, Tyra Banks' character, is eating ketchup straight off of her finger. And I was like, Ugh. <laughs> I just hate ketchup. Uh-huh. Like the taste of it and the general taste of it. <laughs> that <laughs> so- it just disgusted me. <laughs> I only like ketchup with french fries, but I would never eat it off my finger. So gross. I can't say that I've never eaten it off my finger, but I have squeezed it directly into my mouth. Yes. It's my Facebook picture. It's gross. Yeah. It's not your Facebook picture. Well, shortly after that is my Facebook picture, and I'm pretty sure that is on my Facebook. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was like, you haven't changed your Facebook picture in 
15 years? Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. You set it up for me and I never changed it. <laughs> Did you have any random thoughts? Because I sure do. Yes. I realize at the end of the movie, Violet has the worst relationship with a lot of people. Yeah. She has a terrible relationship with her father who refused to give her a hug and wish her good luck when she was leaving. Yes. What the hell? She has a terrible relationship with Kevin. And then also, like you pointed out earlier, her father is ashamed of her. Right. And doesn't want to tell people what she's doing. Like, it's it just, I don't think she's that bad of a person Yeah. to have these terrible relationships. Like, they should have made her more unlikable. Right. She was actually, I was worried, and I think I mentioned this at the beginning of the episode that before we watched the movie, that I thought she was going to be unlikable. And I thought she was. She was very good girl next door, kind of naive. She mm-hmm. just, you know, I, I relate to the stage fright. So, of course, she had to figure out a way to, like, combat that because that was the only way her music was going to get heard. Mm-hmm. Where I'm like, man, if this was 20 years later, all you had to do was record stuff and put it on YouTube. Yeah. That's you how the Beebs got found. Yeah. You don't even have to, like... Be in front of people because she didn't have a problem singing when she was by herself, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. I just could not get over how much her dad was like a dick to her. And then Kevin became a dick to her when he decided like, even though she was working at that job when they met. Mm-hmm. And then he decided like, oh, you're too good for this. Who are you? You've known her for two seconds and she enjoys it. Yeah. It's a job she enjoys. Leave her the fuck alone. Yeah. Don't judge her job. Yeah. Fucker. Ugh. Men. <laughs> this movie I would have thought would have been written from a man, but it was actually written by a female, so. Oh, okay. I would have thought it was written by a man as well. Just the way that whole slut shaming mm-hmm. thing kind of comes into play a lot. Yeah. <laughs> just one thing I was like, not serving water at a bar? Well, that's just asking for your patrons to be dehydrated. <laughs> should And be getting drunk quicker. Like, give them water so that they buy more hydrated drinks? and they'll buy more drinks. Yeah, yeah. That's a good point. I did like that Kevin put a boot on his car so he could park it. Oh, yeah. Like a fake one. A fake one. Mm-hmm. Because I'm pretty sure this is where my brother got the great idea when he was parking his car at ASU mm-hmm. after hours and he got a ticket. So then the next time he went to park his car, he just took the ticket out of the glove box and put it on the windshield. And, like, it was in an envelope. Mm-hmm. And we came out, and we're like, yeah, it worked. Opened it up. The meter maid just put a second ticket on there. <laughs> I mean, that would have worked if there's, like, multiple meter maids, but there's probably only one. And yeah. she's probably like, I didn't ticket this car yet. I haven't even been over here all day. Yeah. It uh, did not work. No. You tried. Yeah. I think that's it for me. I had one last one. Violet comes home and there's a box at her door Mm -hmm. and it is all of her demo tapes that have been returned to her. And she's like, "Ugh, I give up. And she just dumps them over the side. She's on the fourth floor, dumps the tapes over the side of a banister. And I'm like, oh, yeah, good. Somebody else can clean those up. Yeah. You jerk. What if somebody was walking? You're just going to hit them with a bunch of tapes? What if a child is walking? Yeah. It'd kill somebody. Because your tape got returned to Cinder. Yeah. Jerk. You think she'd know that record companies did, do not take unsolicited tapes. Has she ever watched Airheads? <laughs> Rookie mistake. <laughs> when in doubt, watch a Beef Rage movie. Yes. Yeah. Specifically one about the music industry. Yes. Don't go watch <laughs> The Mummy. It yeah. won't make sense when you're trying to become an artist. 
I'm sure maybe she could find something to relate to in that movie. Yeah. Also, I read a fun fact. I never realized this, but Leanne Rimes did sing all of Violet's parts throughout the movie. So Piper Perabu did not do any of the singing, allegedly. Okay. Yeah. Which I always find hilarious in older movies when that happens because I'm like, there's a lot of really talented people out there. You couldn't find one actress that could sing. Yeah. Because I can name tons of actresses that can sing Mm -hmm. and act. Yeah. Why do that when we can just pay Leanne Rhymes? (laughs) That's true. (laughs) You want to move on to our final thoughts or take a break? Take a quick break. Okay. Okay. And we're back. We're going to go ahead and decide whether or not this movie held up to our adult standards. What do you think? I think I said it wasn't going to, Mm -hmm. but I think it does. Okay. I thought it was still really watchable, and the main character is somebody you do want to root for. Mm -hmm. I liked most of the characters, and it's obviously cheesy and a Mm rom-com, and, you know, everything works out at the end, and her life's perfect, but for that kind of movie, it wasn't bad. And I thought there were some very feminist themes in there. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, I think the women were empowered to just be themselves and enjoy working at that job. Yeah. And not being ashamed. No, I totally it. agree. I thought it held up. It was well written. Still a fun watch 20-something years later. A lot of the characters were pretty well developed for the most part. Mm-hmm. It's a fun movie. I think this movie, I realized that it's a movie that attracted both men and women because it mm-hmm. does have that like rom-com feel so any anybody that likes rom-coms not just women you know it has that but then it also has you know attractive women dancing Mm -hmm. on a bar again not naked whatsoever no but you know 16 year old boys they take what they can get a navel as a 16 year old boy i can agree i i was just thinking if this movie was made 100 years ago it'd be like women showing their ankle and they'd be like (laughs) oh my god i mean that's why skirts were invented was because men were or table skirts were invented because men got sexually aroused by table legs so fun fact fun fact men are gross (laughs) (laughs) so we both think it holds up so Mm -hmm. we get to announce the holds up award yes uh i'm not good at naming things Mm The first award is the Thomas J. Hanks Award for Exceptional Acting. Who did you give yours to? I gave mine to Maria Bello. Mm-hmm. I liked her as the tough boss. I loved the fact that Violet at one point was like, but you're my friend. And she was very quick to point out. She's like, I'm not your friend. I'm your boss. Mm-hmm. Which is, I think, something that a lot of us have a problem differentiating between right. our at work. But it was a good character. She was, you know tough because she's running this successful business she's a woman i don't know where i was going with that (laughs) she's a woman yes yeah she was a woman (laughs) uh but yeah she was my favorite part okay even more so than piper paraboo i gave mine to piper paraboo because i i was just expecting to not really like her at all and then i remembered why i did like this movie when i was younger was because i totally related to her and i also was a naive dummy (laughs) when it came to thinking that i could be a singer or songwriter, whatever. But the fact that she had stage fright and that she 
I don't know. She just made really dumb mistakes sometimes, but she was relatable, yeah. I think. No, but she was a, a very likable character and easy to root for. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, again, why I was confused why they have her have terrible relationships with people. Because I'm like, she's likable. Yeah, it just makes you think, like, why does she attract so many shitty people in her life? Yeah. Our next award is the Stanley Tucci Award for scene stealing. Yeah. Who did you give your award to? I gave mine to Bridget Moynihan okay. as Rachel. I think she was supposed to be the mean girl. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like, in most movies, there's always, like, the girl that doesn't like the main character. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she's actually pretty relatable and hilarious. And I think, in a way, ahead of her time as a female character, because there's not a lot of depictions of male, or not male, there's not a lot of depiction of female anger mm-hmm. in movies and TV. I think now there is. I think there's there was a time where anger is stereotypically a male emotion, mm-hmm. and women don't have it, apparently. No. But guess what? We do. I don't believe you. I've never <laughs> seen you angry. <laughs> but yeah, all the parts of the movie that were pretty funny were centered around her. No, I agree. I kept it in that realm, and I gave my scene-stealing award to Isabella Miko as Cammy because I felt like she stole all the scenes that she was in. Ironically, when we decided to put this movie up there, I remember Bridget Moynihan and Tyra Banks were in this movie. I forgot this lady was even in it. So then it was a nice, delightful surprise that... She was just this fun, silly character. Yeah. And I like any characters, especially female characters, that are very, like, just confident in themselves. Or they're, they just, like, they don't... She doesn't have the same hang-ups as Violet. She's mm-hmm. just like, this is me. And that's how most of the female characters are in this. They're very much like, yeah, I'm, I'm a bitch. Mm-hmm. Or, like, Lil. She's like, I'm not your friend. No. I'm your boss. And I'm running a business. And I can't just allow you, person I've known for two weeks, to... Fuck up my business. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Is that the end? I think that's it. Did we talk about everything? Yeah, we both agree. Movie held up. I did want to mention very good soundtrack. Oh, for show. Sure. Within 10 minutes of the movie, you get two different versions of I Will Survive. <laughs> it had Unbelievable, that song from like 1990. Yeah. EMF. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Devil Went Down to Georgia. Yeah. There was a lot of, uh, obviously, great tunes at the bar. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> it's funny because I always, whenever I think of this movie, I think of the bar in Las Vegas. Yes. Which, fun fact, is not as popular. No. But when it when it is like on a Friday night, I remember the first couple years we went, there was just a long line of guys. And I remember yes. the bouncers were like... Any women want to come in this yep. bar? Like they were like begging women who were walking by to come in the bar because it was just a sausage fest. I, my brother actually messaged me and wanted me to say the thing that one of the bouncers had said to him one time, which was, it's like, I think, what did he say? It's like a bunch of pigs fighting over a piece of bacon because it's nothing but men in there and one woman. Why would pigs fight over a piece of I bacon? I can't remember what the <laughs> thing... It was a very, like... Like you said, they're like, any women, please, yeah. women, come in here. Mm-hmm. It's nothing but guys. Yeah. Please come on in. I'm like, no, I'm good. Yeah. It doesn't look like my scene. I'm surprised that thing is still there. It is. Yeah. It does give me a good chuckle every time we're in the New York, New York. Yeah. But anyway, that's it, guys. 
We'll uh, be back with the poll on Thursday. We'll let you know what the picks are, Mm -hmm. obviously. When you go to our Instagram stories, we'll have the poll up. So is that it? I think that's it. All right. See you next week or talk to you next week or we'll talk to you or you'll listen to us. I don't know. Have a great week, everybody. (laughs) You too. Yeah, you too. You too. (laughs) Uh...